Chapter Seventeen of the Pharaoh and the Priest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pharaoh and the Priest by Boleslav Bruce, translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter Seventeen. Since the evening when Sarah sang in the boat, the royal barge had not appeared on the Nile and Prince Ramses was annoyed in real earnest. The month mature, December, was approaching. The waters decreased, the land extended more widely each day, the grass became higher and thicker, and in the grass flashed up flowers of the most varied hues and of incomparable odour. Like islands in a green sea appeared in the course of a single day flowery places, as it were wide, azure, yellow rosy or many-coloured carpets from which rose an intoxicating odour still the prince was wearied and even feared something from the day of his father's departure he had not been in the palace and no one from the palace had come to him save tutmosis who since the last conversation had vanished like a snake in the grass whether they respected the prince's seclusion or desired to annoy him or simply feared to pay him a visit because he had been touched by disfavour ramses had no means of knowing my father may exclude me from the throne as he has my elder brothers thought the heir sometimes and sweat came out on his forehead while his feet became cold what would he do in that case moreover sarah was ill thin pale her great eyes sank, at times she complained of faintness, which attacked her in the morning. "'Surely someone has bewitched the poor thing,' groaned the cunning Tafet, whom the prince could not endure for her chattering and very bad management. A couple of times, for instance, the heir noticed that in the evening Tafet sent off to Memphis immense baskets with food, linen, even vessels. Next day she complained in heaven-piercing accents that flour, wine and even vessels were lacking since the air had come to the villa ten times more of various products had been used there than formerly i am certain thought rameses that that chattering termagant robs me for her jews who vanish in the daytime but are prowling around in the night like rats in the nastiest corners the prince's only amusement in these days was to look at the dead harvest a naked man took his place at the foot of a high palm without side branches surrounded the trunk and himself with a circular rope which resembled the hoop of a barrel then he raised himself on the tree by his heels his whole body bent backward but the hoop-like rope held him by squeezing his body to the tree next he shoved the flexible hoop up the trunk some inches raised himself by his heels again then shoved the rope up in this way he climbed, exposed meanwhile to the peril of breaking his neck, till he reached the top, where grew a crown of great leaves and dates. The prince was not alone when he saw these gymnastics. Jewish children also were spectators. At first there was no trace of them. Then among bushes and from beyond the wall curly heads and black gleaming eyes appeared. Afterwards, when they saw that the prince did not drive them away, these children came out each from a hiding-place and approached the tree gradually. The most daring among the girls picked up a beautiful date which she brought to Ramses. One of the boys ate the smallest date, and then the children began to eat and to give the prince fruit. 
at first they brought him the best then inferior dates finally some that were spoiled altogether the future ruler of the world fell to thinking and said to himself they crawl in at all points and will treat me always in this way they will give the good as a bait and what is spoiled out of gratitude he rose and walked away gloomily but the children of israel rushed like a flock of birds and the labor of the egyptian who high above their head was singing unmindful of his bones and of this that he was harvesting not for his own use cyrus undiscovered disease her frequent tears her vanishing charms and above all the jews who ceasing to hide managed the place with increasing tumult disgusted ramses to the utmost degree with that beautiful corner he sailed no more in a boat he neither hunted nor watched the date harvest but wandered gloomily through the garden or looked from his roof at the palace he would never go back to that palace unless summoned and now he thought of a trip to his lands near the sea in lower egypt in such a state of mind was he found by tutmosis who on a certain day came in a ceremonial barge to the air with a summons from the pharaoh his holiness is returning from thebes and wishes the heir to go forth and meet him the prince trembled he grew pale and crimson when he read the gracious letter of his lord and ruler he was so moved that he did not notice his adjutant's new immense wig which gave out fifteen different perfumes he did not see his tunic and mantle more delicate than mist nor his sandals with gold rings as ornaments after some time ramses recovered and inquired without looking at tutmosis why hast thou not been here for such a period did the disfavour into which i have fallen alarm thee gods cried the exquisite when wert thou in disfavour and in whose every courier of his holiness inquired for thy health the worthy lady nicotrice and his worthiness herhor have sailed toward this villa repeatedly thinking that thou wouldst make a hundred steps toward them after they had made a couple of thousand toward thee i say nothing of the troops in time of review the warriors of thy regiments are as silent as palm trees and do not go from the barracks as to the worthy patrocles he drinks and curses all day from vexation so the prince had not been in disfavour or if he had been the disfavour was ended this thought acted on ramses like a goblet of good wine he took a bath quickly anointed his body put on fresh linen a new kaftan a helmet with plumes and then went to sarah sarah screamed when she saw the prince arrayed thus she rose up and seizing him around the neck whispered thou art going my lord thou wilt not come back to me why not wandered the heir have i not gone away often and returned afterward i remember thee dressed in such this way over there in our valley said sarah oh where are those hours so quickly have they passed and so long is it since they vanished but i will return and bring the most famous physician what for inquired tafet she is well my dear chick she needs only rest but egyptian physicians would bring real sickness the prince did not look at the talkative woman this was my pleasantest month with thee said sarah nestling up to ramses but it has not brought happiness the trumpets sounded on the royal barge repeating a signal given higher up on the river sarah started dost thou hear lord that terrible outburst 
thou hearest and smilest and woo to me thou art staring away from my embraces when trumpets call nothing can hold thee least of all thy slave sarah wouldst thou have me listen forever to the cackling of hens in the country interrupted the prince now impatient be well and wait for me joyously sarah let him go from her grasp but she had such a mournful expression that ramses grew mild and stroked her only be calm thou fearest the sound of our trumpets but were they ill omened the first day my lord answered sarah i know that over there they will keep thee so grant me this one this last favour i will give thee continued she sobbing a cage of pigeons they were hatched out and reared here hence as often as thou rememberest thy servant open the cage and set one of them free it will bring me tidings of thee and i will kiss and fondle it as as but go now the prince embraced her and went to the barge telling his black attendant to wait for the pigeons at sight of the air drums and fives sounded and the garrison raised a loud shout of welcome when he found himself among warriors the prince drew a deep breath and stretched out his arm like a man liberated from bondage well said he to tutmosis women have tormented me and those jews oh cyrus command to roast me on a slow fire at once but put me not in the country a second time so it is confirmed tutmosis love is like honey it must be taken by sips a man must not swim in it brrr shudders pass over me when i think that thou hast passed nearly two months fed on kisses in the evening dates in the morning and asses milk at midday sarah is a very good girl said rameses i do not speak of her but of those jews who have settled down at that villa like papyrus in swampland dost thou see they are looking out at thee yet and perhaps are sending greetings said the flatterer the prince turned to another side with displeasure and tutmosis winked joyfully at the officers as if to tell them that rameses would not leave their society very soon this time the higher they ascended the nile the denser on both banks were spectators the more numerous were boats on the river and the more did flowers garlands and bouquets float down this had been thrown at the barge of the pharaoh about five miles above memphis there were multitudes of people with banners with statues of gods and with music an immense roar was heard like the sound of a tempest there is his holiness cried tutmosis delighted one spectacle was presented to the eyes of the onlookers in the middle of a broad bend in the river sailed the great barge of the pharaoh rising in front like the breast of a swan at the right and left sides of it like two giant wings pushed forward the countless boats of his subjects and in the rear like a rich man stretched the retinue of the ruler of egypt every one living shouted sang clapped hands and threw flowers at the feet of the lord whom no one even saw it was enough that under that gilded canopy and those ostrich plumes waved a ruddy blue flag denoting that the pharaoh was present the people in the boats were as if drunk the people on the shore as if mad every moment some boat struck or overturned a boat and some man fell into the water out of which luckily the crocodiles had fled frightened by the unparalleled uproar on the banks men ran into one another 
for no one paid heed to his neighbor his father or his child but fixed his wild eyes on the gilded beak of the barge and the tent of the pharaoh even people who were trampled whose ribs the wild crowd broke stupidly and whose joints they put out had no cry save this may he live through eternity o our ruler shine on thou the son of egypt the madness of greeting spread to the barge of Ramses, officers, soldiers, and oarsmen, pressed into one throng, and strove to outshout one another. Tutmosis, forgetting the heir to the throne, clambered up on the prow, and almost flew into the water. Meanwhile a trumpet sounded from the pharaoh's barge, and soon after one answered from the barge of Ramses. A second signal, and the barge of the heir touched the great barge of the pharaoh. Some official called to Ramses from barge to barge they extended a gangway of cedar and carved railings and the prince found himself next in the embrace of his father the presence of the pharaoh or the storm of shouts roaring about him so stunned prince rameses that he could not utter a syllable he fell at his father's feet and the lord of the world pressed the air to his sacred bosom a moment later the side walls of the tent rose and all the people on both banks of the nile saw their ruler on a throne and on the high step of it ramses kneeling with his head on the breast of his father such silence followed that the rustling of banners on the barges was audible then on a sudden burst forth one immense roar greater than all which had preceded with this the egyptian people honoured the reconciliation of son and father they greeted their present and saluted their future ruler if any man had reckoned on dissensions in the sacred family of the pharaoh he might convince himself then that the new royal branch held to its parent trunk firmly his holiness looked very ill after the tender greeting of his son he commanded him to sit at the side of the throne my soul was rushing forth toward thee rameses said he and all the more ardently the better were the tidings which i had of thee to-day i see not only that thou hast the heart of a lion but that thou art a man full of prudence who knows how to estimate his own acts who is able to restrain himself and who feels for the interests of egypt when the prince filled with emotion was silent and kissed his father's feet the pharaoh continued thou hast done well to renounce command of the greek regiments because from this day the corps in memphis is thine thou art its commander my father whispered the heir trembling besides in lower egypt which is open on three sides to attacks of hostile nations i need a wise active man who will watch all things round him weigh them well in his heart and act promptly for this reason i appoint thee my lieutenant in that half of the kingdom abundant tears flowed from the prince's eyes with those tears he bade farewell to his youth he greeted power to which his soul had turned for years with uncertainty and longing i am now weak and wearied said the ruler and were it not for anxiety touching thy youth and the future of egypt i would this day beg my deathless ancestors to call me to their glory each day is for me more difficult and therefore rameses thou wilt begin to share the burden of rule with me as a hen teaches his chicks to search out grains of corn and hide before the hawk 
so i will teach thee that toilsome art of ruling a state and watching the devices of enemies may thou fall on them in time like an eagle on timid partridges the pharaoh's barge and its well-ordered retinue had descended to a point opposite the palace the wearied ruler took a seat in his litter and at that moment herer approached ramses permit me worthy prince said he to be the earliest among those who are delighted with thy elevation may thou lead the army with as much success as thou shalt govern the most important part of the state to the glory of egypt ramses pressed his hand firmly didst thou do this o herer asked he it belonged to thee replied the minister thou hast my gratitude and wilt see that it is of value thou hast rewarded me already in speaking thus replied herer the prince wished to depart herer detained him a brief word be careful o heir that one of thy women sarah does not sing religious hymns when ramses looked at him with astonishment he added during our sail on the nile that maiden sang our most sacred hymn a hymn to which only the pharaoh and high priests have the right to listen poor child she might have suffered for her skill and for her ignorance of what she was singing then has she committed sacrilege inquired ramses in confusion yes unconsciously answered herer it is lucky that i was the only man who understood it and my decision is that between that song and our hymn the resemblance is remote in every case let her never repeat it well and should she purify herself asked the prince will it suffice her as a foreign woman if she gives thirty cows to the temple of isis yes let her give them replied herer with a slight grimace the gods are not offended by gifts do thou noble lord said ramses be pleased to accept this miraculous shield which i received from my sacred grandfather i the shield of amenhotep exclaimed the minister with emotion am i worthy of it by thy wisdom thou art equal to my grandfather and thou wilt equal him in position herer made a low bow in silence that golden shield set with precious stones besides its great value in money had moreover the virtue of an amulet hence it was a regal present but the prince's words might have the loftier meaning that herhor would equal amenhotep in position amenhotep had been the father-in-law of a pharaoh had the heir decided already to marry herhor's daughter that was the fond dream of queen nicotris and the minister but it must be acknowledged that Ramses, in speaking of the future dignities of Pharaoh, had not thought in the least of marrying his daughter, but of giving him new offices, of which there was a multitude at the court and in the temples. End of chapter 17